0: Amen, amen. God is good. Amen. As we are standing, we can go to the word of the Lord. We're continuing in our series about invading the darkness. Amen. And uh, the text is in Joshua. We're going to read that together. I don't have that here on my notes. There we go. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do show them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of thy foot shall tread upon, I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses." Amen. And so let's uh, greet somebody as you're seated tonight. Amen. Um, I know we we mentioned a few weeks ago about when this all started in Israel and, and Hamas and all the attacks going on over there heating things up. Uh it's obviously getting even more heated. I guess the I guess the sidelines are starting to fill up, which is uh not a good thing either. Uh the U.S. We have we we're, we're sending even more ships and and battle fleets over there, all over the the Gulf and Mediterranean. Uh, China's has is sending ships over, warships over there as well. So it's uh, obviously there's a there's a lot already going on with Israel. But like I said, the sidelines are starting to fill up. We've got a whole lot of ships over there, and we I think we've already actually got some troops involved in doing, uh, doing things in Iran and, and Lebanon and stuff. So it's already all, all it takes is something major as if it's not already major enough, but, uh, things are really getting more unstable as the weeks progress. Amen. But we know that it's all in God's hands, right? Amen. As we are talking, uh, this week in our grow group about, um, I forget what the question was, but uh, uh, just imagine imagine not having uh, the book of Revelation, right? I mean, just what a, what a change that has for our faith and our outlook and, and, and our hope. Uh, because even though God knows the end from the beginning, he doesn't have to give us the book of Revelation. And, and it would literally be, it would be unfinished. We wouldn't know. Uh, how it all ends, but we would have to trust in Him that it's going to end well for His people, but uh, thank God for uh, the book of Revelation um, and obviously how it, it 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 tells of what is to come and uh, it's a uh, lot of unpleasant things, but we know that it's all for a purpose and a plan and that is to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Amen. And so that is uh, we know He is always in control. So uh, obviously continue to pray. As the Bible says, pray for the peace of Israel um, and pray for God's will to be done as these last days are uh, going to be wrapping up soon and we want to make sure that we are prepared and ready for that. Amen? Amen. And so uh, we've been talking in this series about uh, how the, the nation of Israel is uh, on the precipice of invading uh, the, the promised land, going into a new territory, the, the, the place that God had promised to Abraham and his descendants uh, hundreds of years earlier, and now they are finally there uh, on the, the banks of that and getting ready to go in. And we, as we had talked about, this is not the first time they were there. They were there 40 years earlier, but they didn't have the faith. They didn't have the right mindset. As we talked about, one of the first things you need to have if you're going to invade the darkness, is you've got to have the right mindset, uh, knowing uh, who God is, what side we're on, knowing who the enemy is, uh, and all of those things, that we are the people of God, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And uh, It's more than just a saying and something to get excited about, but we actually have to believe that and, and to live that. If we are to invade the darkness and invade territories that uh, we have not claimed for the Lord, we have to really uh, believe who we are. And with our mind made up, we can't have uh, a carnal fleshly mind because that is enmity with God and we need the mind of Christ. If we want to see uh, his victory, we got to have his mind on and that is renewed daily in, in the the power of uh, uh, the Holy Ghost renews our mind, and we have to be ready uh, for the unexpected. Uh, as we are reading the, our text, it spoke out to me how the Lord says, "Just to," it, he seemed like so casually and nonchalantly, "Just hey, hey, Joshua, get your people and just go over this Jordan." He said, "This Jordan, like it's just just something, uh, a small step. Get go over this Jordan." Meanwhile, the time that they're actually uh, here at this moment and getting ready to go in a crossover, uh, this, this Jordan, as God calls it, this Jordan is overflowing at its banks. It's the strongest, the, the most powerful force it, at, it is at season, uh, and they just happen to arrive at this time, high tide, overflowing, blanks are flooded, and it's easy it would be easy to arrive months earlier when the river is probably a quarter of its size and it's shrunk down and there's not much water. And uh, we, can, we can identify that as, as this Jordan, but uh, just something to add to the mix. Uh, just a small detail about this Jordan that God is referring to, how it's just overflowing and just uh, the, the power, the force of water can just move anything. And they're arriving here uh at, at its most powerful and its strongest time of the year is when they are ready to cross over and as as little as a detail that might be and as it, it can be intimidating uh just looking at how the Lord says uh, th- just go over this Jordan and, and go into the land like just it's just you just ba- he just barely mentions it and physically it's just a massive thing uh and, and so that just, uh, goes to show you, like, if we have the mind of Christ uh, and thinking on how He thinks and perspective that He has, it's whatever obstacle that we come up against, it's just this little thing that we just get over and, and go on to the next thing, right? Uh, easier said than done, right? But uh, it's, it, things are a lot easier with God. With us, it's impossible, but it's not impossible with God. Uh, and so uh, going over this Jordan and, uh, seeing what God has in store for them. And he says, I will, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon. I have given to you. And as we'd mentioned that that is not just a step physically step, but to fight. If you fight for that land, God will be with you and fight for you. Uh, and also what spoke out to me tonight was that, uh, where it says, God says, uh, I have given you the land. It's already a done deal, right? The victory is already declared and, 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 and established. Uh, the land was already given to them. They just had to go in and say, this is our land. And God says, okay, there, uh, I'll be there and fight for you and help drive the enemy out so that you can have the, the promise that I have uh, spoken. And we had talked about how Jesus has been Uh, lifted up, seated in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and uh, everything is under his feet. Uh, That too is also like that what we just read about how God gave the land to them. Uh, When Jesus is ascended and resurrected, uh, all power, everything is under his feet and so that's a done deal as well. It's not like uh, it's a temporary holding, staying p- place for Jesus. That of uh, uh, one day the. The devil's going to get stronger, and he's not going to be under the feet of, of Jesus anymore. No, that's that's not how it works. Jesus is uh, sits on the throne, and everything is under his feet, and everything is going to bow at the name of Jesus, and that is final. That is that's what the end of the book says. And so, uh, if it says it now, it's, it means it's going to even if it's going to happen in the future, it still applies now because he has the power. Uh, he's the same yesterday today and forever and so the the victory is already won the battle is already declared uh over in the eyes of God he is he is victorious and so we just have to take that mindset wherever we are going uh that God is with us and we will see the victory amen so Joshua 1 we talked about having the right mindset and and uh, who we are, who God is, and, and who the enemy is. We begin to see that in chapter 2, Joshua 2, uh, about what the enemy thinks about us, what the enemy thinks about the people of God. And, and if we could know that, and we did get a, a, a small glimpse from the inhabitants in, in uh, Jericho, from, from Rahab, speaking from her heart and, and speaking on behalf of the people there, but also we, we looked into the New Testament of, of what the, what the, the devils and, and demons think about Jesus and the power that he has, that he has the ability to uh, torment them before their time is due. Uh, and so we know that they, uh, they know that there is one God and they tremble and they fear him. Uh, And so the Bible tells us that and it tells us if we submit ourselves, the devil will resist and will flee from us because we are submitted unto the one who is above all and has all power. Amen. And so uh, knowing that helps and aid and uh, abet our faith and strengthen our faith to know who we are and what the enemy really thinks about us. That's, uh, That's the other half of the puzzle, walking out there into the world. Uh, for one, knowing who we are, but also, two, knowing what the enemy thinks about us. They, they're, prob- they, they're praying that an apostolic does not come down their street. That's what they're secretly praying and thinking, uh, because they know they don't have the power to stop a, a born-again uh, child of God, because God is inside of us. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so uh, we need to re- casually remind ourselves these things, to keep our faith strong and filled up, and uh, because we know that at any moment anything can happen, and we got to be ready, uh, Amen. To give uh, any man an answer uh, to the hope and the truth that lies inside of us, uh, and so to do what God wants us to do. And last week we, we were talking about uh, not the, the the downside or the danger into. Really, I guess knowing who we are and being confident in who we are uh, as a, a child of God, as a, a redeemed person, uh, is we got to be careful of becoming spiritually uh, arrogant and spiritually prideful, uh, as Peter was. He 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 got really arrogant and proudful and, and began to say things and things that he regretted and he ate ate later, uh, and so. Uh, us that applies to us as well we know that uh, who we used to be and what God has done in our lives where he's brought us where he's trans how he's transformed us into who we are uh, now but that doesn't make us any better than anybody else amen we've just encountered the grace of God uh, but the grace and the love of God is for available for everybody and so we can't be selfish with it because somebody Somebody freely have we received, so freely we need to give. Uh, And so if we go out into the world and thinking that we are uh, better than somebody else, um, uh, then uh, chances of us uh, talking or ministering to them may be slim because we don't want to be around them or or be close to them or whatever that uh, can get to. Uh, but we have to remind ourselves that we're just a sinner saved by grace, and we need His grace and mercy every day to make it right. We haven't we haven't achieved it yet. We haven't made it yet. We're still here. We still have a a, a purpose and a plan, and we could still fall and and backslide, right? Uh, and so uh, we don't want to be uh, spiritually arrogant where we become calloused and we don't. Uh, we're no longer sensitive to God like we used to be. Uh, then God can't really use us as effectively as He would like when we are beginning to uh, begin to get puffed up in our own minds, uh, and so we have to stay humble and and stay on the, the the altar as a living sacrifice, as Paul reminds us that we are just a, a living sacrifice to present ourselves present ourselves and our bodies as a living sacrifice, because uh, the longer that we Uh, delay sacrificing something in our life, the more carnal we can become, the more prideful we can become because we're further away from the altar and we know that uh, when we're on the altar, we're nothing. We're crying out for help and for deliverance and for mercy and grace, but if it's been so long, then uh, we're just thinking that everything is okay and we're just walking around doing Uh, whatever we want to do, and really, how far and how long has it been since we've been at an altar? Hopefully not very long and not very far ago, because it's those altars that keeps us humble. It's those altars that keep us connected to Him and connected to His presence, amen, and keeps us, because if we want the devil to flee from us, we have to submit ourselves to the Lord, and he's all what submitting to the Lord always requires what an altar and a sacrifice. Uh, and so, we're, we're not in the days where we bring a, an animal, but we got to bring ourselves, we bring our will, our pride, our desires, everything about us. That's what God is asking for us to lay down on the altar so that we can uh, be uh, a sacrifice for Him and He can have His will done through us. Amen. And so, that was. Uh, finishing up chapter two of Joshua, getting out, uh, getting back to the other side where the Israelites were, and giving them the report of what the enemy actually thinks about them, and and that's that's all they needed to hear, uh, and so they were they were ready to go. And so now we pick up in Joshua three, the next phase in preparing ourselves to invade the darkness. And we see here in Joshua 3, Joshua rose up early in the morning. They removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel lodged there before they passed over. It came to pass that after three days that the officers went through the host. They commanded the people saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, 2,000 cubits by measure. And come not near unto it, that ye may know by which way ye must go, for ye have not passed this way before. And so here they are. Uh, Joshua is preparing uh, the people were, get, were moved closer to the river. He's, he's telling them about the process, how it's going to play out. Uh, they're that close. They're ready to go. The ark is going to go, and the priests are going to bear it, and you follow it, leave some space so that uh, you don't get ahead of it. And because he says, you haven't been here before. And so Joshua's all ready and ready to go. Uh, the people, they're ready to go but verse 3 or no verse 5 it says Joshua said unto the people before we go i know we're all ready, we're chomping at the bit we've just heard what the enemy thinks about us that they were they're 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 full of fear they don't want us to come in here and that's the last thing we needed to hear and so now we're ready to go just to go scare them and then those faint and 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 run away uh that's how confident they are but he says, "Before we go, there's one more thing we got to do. We got to sanctify ourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you." So they had the right mindset; and they were ready to go over to conquer. But one last thing to make sure before you get ahead of before you get ahead of yourself, before we get ahead of God, is to sanctify yourself. Uh, and so this means to, to consecrate yourself, to to give your life to God. Obviously, and you know, broadly speaking, uh, sanctification uh, means to make holy, consecrating a place or a thing or a person to God. Since holiness is the primarily the attribute of God, who is, uh, what is whatever is sanctified. And that is removed from the profane or from the secular or from the, from the world or from darkness, whatever God pulls out to bring unto himself. If he is holy and pure, whatever he's bringing out, it's automatically going to get cleaned up if God is going to use it, right? God's not going to, he pulls something that is dirty and, and broken out. But that's not how he's going to use it. He cleans it up, and then he says, look what I have done with this thing, right? With this vessel that was, uh, that was dirty and sil- sinful and pathetic and broken, and it was of no value, but with my love and my grace and my mercy and my power, look what I have done with this. Uh, and that's what he wants to show to the world Uh, what he can do for anybody and everybody. He wants all to come to salvation. God wants everybody to be saved. And so you and I are to be the models, the examples of the love and the grace and the power and the mercy of God. Uh, And all that we do, we are to emit that, let that radiate out of us God's love and grace and mercy. And so uh, that's uh, that also ties into what we j- talked about about not being spiritually arrogant and prideful because uh, then we're we're not going to be as loving and m- as merciful to those who may need it right that that can really block that out because we're we we be, begin to think that that's really about us but uh, and so if God is going to remove something from the world and to use it for himself, he cleans it up and he takes. He takes ownership over it. He purchases it. He cleans it up, does everything, 100% of all the work and all that. So therefore, he gets all the credit. All the glory goes to God. Whatever good things that we have in our life, it's, it's because of his grace and his mercy and his love, right? It's nothing that we have done on our own ability. We're just being obedient to him and say, yes, Lord, I'll follow you. And God begins to do all kinds of things. And so if we begin to take credit for those things, then we're taking credit for God's glory. Uh, and then that begins to uh, not work out well with God because God is a jealous God. And he knows it's really all him. Really, what what do we really have to bring to the table that that keeps us in this, right? At any moment, uh, God can just begin, choose to remember our past, and then we're done, right? He knows everything, the end from the beginning, and he chooses not to remember our past. And he can just say, I choose to remember, and guess what? We're done, right? We have nothing we have nothing, and we're only here by His His grace, His mercy. We're clothed with His righteousness; it's not our righteousness, uh, and so we really don't have anything to bring to the table except our uh, our, our our sacrifice, everything that we can lay down. Uh, and so, I'm thankful for the love of God that He's called us out, and He's He's done that and transformed our life. And so, uh, we we sanctify ourselves because. When God comes down, we will be in his presence. As Joshua's telling them, sanctify yourselves because tomorrow God is going to do wonders among you, meaning God is going to be coming down uh, amongst you. And when the, the holy God comes down, you got to make sure that you're, you prepare yourself to be in his holy presence, right? Uh, and so we always shout, if God is for us, who can be against us? And, and God is fighting for us. Well, if we want God to fight for us and, and Him to be on our side and Him to have our back, we got to make sure that we sanctify ourselves so that God wants to be with us, right? I mean, if we're filthy and, and full of flesh fleshly deeds and carnality and sin and all these things, uh, that's a... That, that's not pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And, and why would God want to come and hang out with somebody and fight for them who is unpleasing, displeasing to them? Uh, whenever, whenever my youngest has a, a, a dirty diaper, that's unpleasing, right? You don't want to be around that. She'll come up and want to hug you and you're just you, you know you, you kind of hug her as best you can at arm's distance, right? Because you never know if it's if it's escaped and it can get all over you that quick, right? I mean that's 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 unholiness, that's filthiness, right? But it's completely different if you know that she has a clean diaper and she's running and wants to hug you, right? You you're you have no apprehension, you're you're full arms and you're you're ready to go. It's because she's clean. Uh, and, and you're clean, and you stay that way. That's just the way it is with God. It, uh, if we don't sanctify ourselves, if we don't cleanse ourselves, if we don't look in the mirror and say, what do I need to get rid of? What, 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 what things of the world are, are attaching on to my life? What have I allowed into my life from this world that may be displeasing to the Lord? Uh, and so when I'm running to the Lord, uh, hopefully we are clean. And not dirty and filthy because uh, that, that changes the whole atmosphere, that changes everything, the situation if somebody is clean or somebody is dirty. Uh, and so, if we want God to come and fight for us, we got to make sure that we, we've cleansed ourselves and prepared ourselves uh, for this holy God to come and be with us and to fight with us. It's not, He's not just some. Um, um, magic genie in a lamp that we'd live however we want to live. And when we go out to fight, we rub the lamp and he comes out and he, he takes care of everything. That's that's uh, imagination. That's foolishness. Uh, but God really does want to be with his people and live among them. Uh, and, and so to do that, He the command goes out to sanctify yourselves and to cleanse yourselves and prepare yourself uh, for his presence. And so uh, we want Him to be in our presence, but are we prepared to be in His presence? Because there's two different thinkings there, two different mindsets there. We want Him to be in our presence, but are we ready to be in His presence? Uh, one of them, it's about us and what we want. The other thing is about what God and what He wants. Two different standards, I can tell you that. Uh, what, we, what we think is a standard and uh, what God thinks is a standard Uh, and so how do we expect him to fight for us if if we aren't being obedient to him and his his demands Uh, and so greater is he that is in me than he that is the world we love talking about that well if if we're not sanctified and and consecrated and we haven't uh, submitted ourselves and we haven't laid upon the altar um, uh, what what good is all of that if shouting all that if we're not really living all that. Right. Um, How are we able to tell if we are a a part of the world or part of the church? One thing is, is we we, the church people should be sanctified and set apart. Right. And what does that mean? That means everything that covers everything, Uh, all our whole lifestyle, everything that we do, uh, not just not just the doctrine that we. ...live and hold dear to our heart. Obviously, that is, is one bit of it and, and, and piece of the truth. But uh, our whole life encompasses us being separated from the world. And so, 2 Corinthians 6 says, "...be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness?" And what concord hath Christ with Belial? What part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and, I w- and will walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Uh, and so... Uh, modern Christianity says, well, we'll come out from the world and we will receive Christ. And then, you know, that it's all good from there. Uh, it's, it's more than just receiving Christ. Receiving Christ is a pretty big thing. Uh, receiving the holy, pure God. You want him to come in your life. I'm going to tell you, it's more than just reciting a, a three sentence prayer, right? Uh, your heart has got to be prepared, I mean, because it's, it's everything. Your life has to be, you have to be willing to transform your life and change your life. Repentance, that's turning from your life, your old ways, and saying, God, I'm not doing that anymore because I want you in my life, and I want you to receive me. If you receive me, then I'm going to receive you by default. We should be praying, God, receive me. God, receive me, as opposed to God, uh, I receive you, God. Uh, because uh, again, that's two different sides of the coin. Uh, we can easily prefer us just receiving God, um, as opposed to what it might require for God to receive us. Be a separation, Be separate, saith the Lord, touch not the unclean, and I will receive you. Uh, the other reason tied with what side that we are on. That's the purpose in that passage right there, come out from among them, be separate from them, touch not the things that they're touching, uh, the unclean things, and I will receive you because that's going to, uh, in the short of it, that is uh, holiness is basically our, our, our uniform that we, that we wear, not talking about our physical clothes, obviously that's all a part of it, but holiness in general is, is who we are. And the lifestyle that we live. Uh, and so our uniform, if we're in the Lord's army, if we're on His side, our, our, our uniform is holiness. While the world's uniform is uh, ungodliness, unrighteousness, darkness, and all these things. And so if you're going to go into a war, the, uh, the nations now that are gathering over there in the Middle East, every country has their own uniform. Because when they get out there on the battlefield, they want to know, would just quickly be able to tell, they're either with us or against us. And they simply tell that by just looking at them and be able to tell what uniform that they are wearing. And you can tell what side that they're on. Uh, And so it's the same thing with us and God and the world. That's why he says, come out from among them and be separate. That's uh, That's why holiness is such an important thing. And I... Uh, churches may not may not view it as uh, all that important. That uh, you know, it's not you know, it's not preferred. Or you know, if you want to, you can do that. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's a uniform that you decide what side you're going to be on. And it's 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 not surprising that when when people leave the church. The first thing that you see that happens is they take the holiness uniform off, and they and they they put on the world's uniform, right? Uh, and so you can't tell me that holiness is not important. It is it is that really it is that deciding factor, uh, I think, in a church uh, that really guards the doors to the church and, and keeps that line of separation from the church and the world, uh, and so. Uh, that's why I, I preach every year our, our holiness standards, what we believe as a church and uh, what, uh, how, how we to, are to live those. And, and if you're not here for, for, for that and you don't know what it is, know that I preach the holiness standards every year because I believe it's that important. And so if, you, if you're unsure what it is, uh, and that maybe then you weren't here for that. All of our services are online uh, the one, the series I talked last year about our holiness is called the Sword of Separation. It's like seven or eight parts, so plenty of stuff. And I try to explain everything about it, uh, why we believe, what we believe, and what we do and what we don't do, all of those things. Uh, and so, if if you want to catch up with the uniform policy that we believe here, uh, that is. Uh, available out there. And obviously we may touch on a little bit tonight talking about this. If if we are going to invade the darkness, you got to have the right uniform on, right? And our whole, uh, as I said, our uniform is separation and holiness unto the Lord. Uh, and so uh, Hebrews tells us follow peace with all men and holiness with without no man shall see the Lord, and so without holiness, we're not going to see God, right and obviously, if you want to throw in peace there obviously following peace, if you don't follow peace, you won't see God either. so it's all hand in hand uh, and so but but if holiness was not important, it would not be mentioned in there. and so without holiness, you're not going to see the Lord. why? because the Lord is holy, right, and he's not going to allow unholy things in his presence. see uh, uh, heaven is not just some amusement park. He's just going to open the gates one day and just everyone come on in, right? That's where God lives. He is holy, uh, and he's he he keeps a clean house, and he's just not going to let 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 filthy people come into his house. You wouldn't let filthy people in your house, uh, and so uh, follow peace without and holiness, which without no man shall see the Lord. And so that's. Holiness is just a basic characteristic of God because He is perfect and He is pure without blemish. Only God is holy in Himself. Now, if this holy God is going to come down and be with us and go and fight for us, we had better make sure that we are as holy as we can be. We are as holy as we can make ourselves be. And obviously, I know whatever uh, our righteousness is as filthy rags, our best is not even going to do it. But uh, God has to; uh, He's going to at least see if we're trying or not, right? Or how how hard we're trying. If we're like, "Yeah, I'm about seventy five percent of the way there," I should be good. That's that's a pretty big gamble, I think, with God because God wants all or nothing, right? Uh, and so. Uh, If we aren't going to sanctify ourselves, uh, then we can't really expect God to be there and fighting for us and to knocking down all the walls of of, of the cities and the the giants and the devils and all these things. If we're not going to do our part, uh, we can't expect God to show up and just do everything. And so that is why it was critical before the last thing they did before they went over is that we got to make sure that we are ready spiritually and physically consecrating ourselves unto the Lord. And so uh, we know that God is holy. And so when the word holy is applied to persons or objects, uh, it has two parts. One has to be separated. It comes out from among the world. That's one part. Uh, and the second part of that is separated unto God. And so you just we just don't come out and just to be... To do whatever we want, to live however we want, and we we live. Uh, there's like a buffer between us and the world. Yeah, we're a good person now. Now that we accepted Christ, we're a little bit better person, and that is our that is our line of separation. Right, we're just a little bit better person. Uh, but that's that's not all that God requires. He requires us to sanctify ourselves and to be to make ourselves holy as best we can. And so, uh, if holiness is that important and consecration is that important, uh, why would we want to uh, fiddle around with it and, and play around with it and say, well, uh, maybe this is okay, or this, is, uh, I, this should be fine, or, or whatever. Uh, but the more that we consecrate ourselves, the more that God is going to show up, right? Right? If we apply seventy-five percent effort and saying, "Well, this is good enough," then we're only going to get so much from God. But uh, the but the challenge is is that if you will go home and uh, you will really do a, a deep uh, look at yourself and, and your home and things, and 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 if you say, "I want to I want to get rid of these things," they may not be bad or evil or sinful. I believe that if you get rid of things. And God sees you doing that effort, you're going to see God more evident in your life, right? Because you are beginning to consecrate yourself more to God. Uh, and if, if we want more of God in these last days, it's, it's probably going to require more consecration on our part, Right? More sanctification on our part, more prayer on our part, more, more fasting on our part. All the things that our fleshly bodies do not want to do, uh, that is the, exactly the thing that we need in these last days. If we want to see a, a move of God like never before, we can't be walking around like we've always been walking around like right? We got to be willing to step up and say, okay, God, I'm not going to do this anymore. Why? Because I want to see a move of God. I wanna, I'm want to. i going to lay these things down uh, because I want to draw closer to you. And the more that we draw closer to God, the more we're going to see God evident in our lives and in our homes and our neighborhoods and in our city. But uh, we can't just, uh, just nonchalantly walk out into the darkness uh, if we haven't really increased our consecration to the Lord over the past few, five, ten years, whatever whatever number you want to throw in there. If we've been living at the same level uh, for the past five years, uh, you can't expect anything more from God if we're not giving him any more, right? And I don't know about you, but these, in these last days, uh, we're, we're going to need less of the world, less of the things it has to offer, and we're going to need more of God, right? We're going to need more of Him than ever before. And, uh, you know, if as much as as materialistic as America is, if it takes a, a drastic economic downturn uh, for us to get our eyes focused back on God, then God will use that, right? Because in the end of that, they will have a revival, right? More souls will come out of that than Out of prosperity, right? Because when things are prosperous, we don't really uh, have the time for God. Or we don't think we need him as much because we're getting by. And we're having good service and all these things. But, but if we want something more, we're going to have to go home and give something more up. We're going to have to look at our lives and our homes and our bodies and all that we do and say, is this, uh, can I get, if I give this up, I, I think I'll draw closer to God. Does uh, anybody here with me want to do that? Say, God, I, I need you to speak to me, get, do something in my life, show me something, help me to feel something that I can give up. Uh, so that I can have more of you in my life. Musicians, if you would come. First Peter 1 and 15 says, But as he which has called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. That word is better translated as lifestyle. Be holy in all manner of lifestyle. Because it was written, be holy for I am holy. That means it goes far beyond uh, what, what, what your robe wardrobe looks like. Because again, uh, you can get so caught up in the wardrobe that you just have the person as dresses the part, does the part, looks the part, but they have, they have the worst attitude than anybody. You'd rather go out and hang out. There's, there's people, there's sinners that are nicer than some church people. And that's that's a huge problem. Doesn't matter uh, how holy you look, how modest you look. Uh, that's a part of it. But you got to make sure your spirit and your attitude is and your heart is in the right spot, too. Because if your heart is in the right spot and your your spirit is in the right spot, then everything's going to work out. You, you'll 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 want to please God in all that you do. You want to please Him in the way you look, and the way you present yourself, and you don't want to draw attention to yourself and because you want to draw it to God. And so, uh, be holy in, in all manner of our lifestyle, everything we do. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3 says, Know ye not, you are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. There, there is obviously, if you stand with me tonight, there's obviously a, a reverence and a respect for the actual, for this building that we are in, for church buildings in general. Um, people, you know, you know, that's the house of God and, and all that, which, uh, you know, uh, is fine. But the Bible actually says that we, our bodies are the holy temple, Right. And so if we treat the build this building with more reverence and respect than we do our body, we've got things mixed up, right? Because he lives inside of us. He doesn't live in this building. He shows up because we're here, right? Uh, and so we need to make sure we're looking at our, the body, the temple of God that God has given us, that we are to uh, present it wholly unto God. and We're not going to allow... Uh, worldliness into our life and our mind and our home uh, and on, in our bodies uh, because we are preparing ourselves to invade the darkness and one of the last things we need to check off on the list is am I consecrating myself because once you, once you cross over there it's like you, you don't got time to consecrate yourself right you're in the middle of the fight you're in the middle of the battle Uh, And so all the preparation is done on this side of the Jordan. That's why they they moved up to the river, said this is how it's going to be. But before we make that first step, let's make sure we consecrate ourselves. Let's make sure we uh, examine ourselves and making sure that we're not allowing more worldliness into our life, that we're getting rid of it all. that we're we're not trying to identify with the world, but we're trying to separate ourselves, even the more so from it. Uh, Because the more that we separate ourselves from the world, the closer that we're getting to the Lord, right? Because the world is full of darkness and evil and uncleanliness and unholiness, and if we're pushing away from that, that means we're pushing towards holiness. We're pushing towards consecration and and dedication unto the Lord. And so... um, Uh, We need to make sure that we are doing our best and re-examining and re-evaluating ourselves that we are doing our part. And if we can do more, then why aren't we doing more? Because if we can do more, that means then God can do more in us. And why would we not want to do that unless we're just content with where we're at? We're just satisfied with the status quo. We're just happy with the way things are going. If that is the case, then... Uh, what what more do we need from God if if we're happy with what we have? I don't know about you, but I want more of God in my life, right? I need more of Him in these last days, and that's going to require more of me to give up, more sacrificing, more, more consecrating unto Him, and more focusing on the Lord in these last days. God, examine our hearts. Search our minds, our hearts. See if there be any wicked way in us, Lord. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, filthiness of the flesh of the Spirit, Lord, so that we can draw closer to You. And begin to see more of you in our life and more of your power and presence. Come on, will you pray that with me tonight? Will you search your heart tonight, God? Help me, Lord, to draw closer to you.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
0: Oh, we worship you, Jesus. You are my.
1: Take your place To feel the warmth of To feel the warmth of your
0: We worship you. We thank you, Lord. We want you, Lord. More of you in our lives, God. Less of us. Less of the world, God. To draw closer to you, Lord, in these last days, God. We can't make it without you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. We We should stand out from the world A light in the darkness is not going to be hid. Amen. As long as we are reflecting God's love and His glory through our lifestyle, our holy lifestyle, Amen. People will be able to look at you and say, "There's something different about you." What church do you go to? You know, isn't that? Don't you love hear somebody ask you that? Like, what church do you go to? Like, I didn't even tell you I go to church, but they know. The world knows somebody who goes to church. Because it's everything about them, that message that they are sending, amen, and that's the glory of God that's being reflected, amen. That's what we need more in these last days, the glory of God, amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.